Getting hitched? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, episode 101. Yay! I can keep doing that every time you're going to go, listen, you've hit the 100, shut up. Move on with your life. I am Alicia, the host. I've hosted every episode so far. Haven't had to sub in. It's all, it's all been me. I am delighted to be doing part two of uh, Wedding Photography 101. I'm not going to call it that, but that's a boring name for what we're going to be talking about. I've got Laura Bab here, babphoto.com. Hello. Hello. <laughs> that was a creepy little voice from me. <laughs> Last episode, we talked all about how to um, select a wedding photographer, and I'm sure there's lots more to say about that. Um, but this episode, I really wanted to sort of bring up a couple of, I hate using the word trends, but some themes that have been quite prominent on wedding blogs, such as unplugged weddings, and uh, looking at perhaps trying to relax people a little bit. Some of your tips about how to be good in front of the camera, or just not like a mannequin. <laughs> yes. Because I feel like, uh, well... In my my career as a performer and a comedian, you sort of get used to, and this is not sounding wanky, but you get used to having your makeup done and standing in front, doing the job, having your photo taken, be on telly, go home, wipe it all off, get in your stretchy pants. But I realise <laughs> that that's not a part of everyone's everyday life. No. And, and I'd probably say 75% of my couples, if not higher, tell me they are worried about being photographed on their wedding day. I attract quite camera-shy people. Really? Yeah. So that's a fascinating point, and I hadn't even really thought to ask you that, but this is probably the biggest point we can make this episode, is don't fear. Don't yeah. fear. Don't fear the how photo. Do we, how do we not fear the photo? Uh, that is 100% down to your photographer, I would mm. say. I mean, the, f- the first thing I would say is it's definitely worth booking an infinite booking in for an engagement shoot with them right uh, because um well the way i t- explain it to my couples it almost doesn't matter to me if i if you have an engagement shoot or not it makes no difference on the day or the way i would work um, but it removes the fear of the unknown for you uh, so every single one of my couples that's had an engagement shoot is visibly more relaxed on the day of the wedding um and they say that it sort of takes the mystery away a bit mm. um it's kind of worth speaking to your photographer about what their approach is in terms of whether they're quite posy or whether they just sort of leave you to do your own thing um i always tell my couples that we're going to do some exercises and they oh. look at me they visibly recoil <laughs> shrink back into their chairs <laughs> Let us go. and start rocking and then i explain it's not like role play at work uh, where you're asked <laughs> to be dave and answer the phone oh. um basically i just give them a series of prompts to encourage a natural conversation between them um and that way i'm able to photograph them uh naturally engaging with each other rather than specifically um asking them to pose and hold the pose and move your arm bit Mm. um and for me that and my couples that works really nicely uh because they're focused on having a nice chat about their relationship and about what they're looking forward to about their married life um and that basically means that they've enjoyed the session on another level apart from just being photographed and do you think when you're in that mode because i know when i know i've got to have a photo taken it really does take me a good 10 minutes of prompting or, you know, saying, I've had f- photographs go, relax the jaw. And you go, oh, fucking hell, all right. <laughs> you relax your jaw. Yeah. I'll relax it for you, mate. 
But it is, it is hard when you are just having that nice chat, like you said. It's like yeah. a warm up, isn't it? It's going, just forget I'm here in yeah. a way. And I always say to my couples, the first ten minutes of the shoot, it's a warm up for them, and yeah. it's a warm up for me as well. Um, there is a common misconception that I can just turn up and be creative, but actually for me, it's a process of working through various things. And I always make the best pictures from any shoot at the end of the shoot, without fail every time. Um, so that's why it's really important for my couples to allow enough time for me to work through my own creative process. Um, and also it feels quite laid back and they get to enjoy it as well. So, Well, you've just done a really good uh, segue media professional here into <laughs> there you go. timing. A few, well, it's it. A few uh, episodes ago, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I did about a, a couple of uh, episodes about planning your wedding day timeline. Yeah. And I did make a special note. I think if you've remembered, listeners, I said I will be asking you about this, Bab, about how much time we should allocate on the day yeah. for wedding photography. Yeah. It's, you, you Google and everyone's got a different answer. Yeah. So what do you, let's talk about your personal timeline because I know that another wedding photographer is going to be listening going, well, I leave seven and a half hours. Yeah. Which is stupid. But how would you go about giving advice for how much time on the day people should allocate? So um, each section of the day has different time requirements, really. Uh, the first part of the day, getting ready. I usually recommend couples allow about an hour and a half for that. Um, and, an hour, and, and an hour and a half before they're, they're about to get dressed. Um, the exception to that is if they're looking for more documentary coverage. So um, some of my couples want that dress hanging up beautifully arranged oh, shot yeah. and the shoes beautifully arranged. And others couldn't really give a crap about that picture. I feel like, um, can I just say, I don't know how often we all look at that fucking picture. <laughs> can I say that quietly? I don't really think you're going to be looking through the bag, the book and go, there's that picture of the dress hanging up. Yeah. I'm whispering it because I know I'm offending people. I mean, I do them. I do. I do that shot for about a third of my couples. I think I had that shot. Yeah, it's beautiful. I don't look at it very no, often. No, I mean, for me, I'm trying to move away from it a bit because I feel like that's not what's important to me anymore. I agree. What's important is the people. Um, so if you're happy to kind of waive those editorial product shots, then you can probably get away with an hour's getting ready coverage. Right. Good. Um, obviously, your ceremony is however long your ceremony takes. Um, but usually um, sort of between 30 minutes and an hour and a half is about standard. So, and if you, in the ceremony, can I just diverge? I'm just going to take down another path here. Sure. When you are looking at ceremony photography, yeah. are there different rules for different locations? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, she says. <laughs> oh, yes. So, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but I knew this is a tangent we were going to go down. You can tell that that question's wound me up. Yeah. Not because you asked it, just no, because please. it's a stressful part of the day of for me to manage. Um, purely because sometimes ceremony officials are really difficult about photography. Mm. Um, sometimes in churches it's quite difficult. Um, dep- it really depends on the vicar, but I would probably say about 60% of the time I'm told that I'm only allowed to photograph from the back. Um, oh, it's a Debbie Downer. Yeah, and, and obviously if you're at the back, you can't get a picture of the bride walking up the aisle. Um, you can't sometimes get a picture of the groom's reaction because there's bridesmaids stood behind of the course. bride in the way. Um, so I do increasingly find church weddings um, more and more stressful. Um, and I have actually had couples move church because their vicar's rules didn't fit in with what they wanted from their photography. Um, so I would really just say to couples... Have be really clear before you book your venue of what the requirements will be, um, and if that doesn't fit with how you want your day recorded, uh, maybe think about 
booking a different venue or seeing if there's any leeway to do it a different way mm. if you're not having a religious ceremony one one way around it is to kind of do the legal formalities at the registry office which is the way it works over here in the uk and then have a humanist celebrant conduct the actual ceremony because they're usually a lot more flexible about what you can do they don't care they're like just have a good time get on with it enjoy yeah. it well that is true and i think you that you make a good point about the churches i think if anyone's going to be inflexible it's the churches so there we go yeah and it's little... not every church i've had a few sure. brilliant vicars that have been like do what you like good on them but not as many (laughs) what a shame because they're the moments they're the photos i think and the photos looking on your website some of those wonderful moments of seeing that groom or the bride seeing their partner come down the the most important part of the day and i think i kind of understand where the church is coming from um, in some respects because i've heard horror stories of photographers lying down in the aisle sure. climbing up they're losers queues. yeah um but i'm not the f- sort of photographer that does that so it's just frustrating for me because i know i can photograph a, a church ceremony in an unobtrusive way yeah but i'm often not given a chance well to there's do always that. someone that the with the uh, we i think i described you as a ninja photographer there's always the one that takes it <laughs> too far my ninja skills yeah outrageous to go, listen she can do it and not have to hang off the pews yeah exactly just relax so, okay, we were going back to the timing. So yeah. we, we, um, thank you for going on that path with me because I knew you were going to say something about the various rules. So you get to the service and then this is where I get a little bit uh, finicky, I must say, when people go off and have three-hour photo shoots and then don't know what to do with their guests. Yes. Tell me your thoughts on that. So the way I work it is to try to limit that as much as I can. Um, I generally need about 30 minutes for group shots. Oh. Um, I suggest the couple does that straight after the ceremony and we rattle through them as quickly as we can. Do you think people should have a list, a physical tick yeah, the box list? Yeah, I, I ask my couple for a list of five to seven group shots um, and I ask for that information a month, uh, two months before the wedding and then we meet around a month before to go over the timeline for the day. And who manages that list on the day? Um, I increase, increasingly kind of push that onto an usher. So I ask my couple specifically to say, he will be responsible for gathering everyone up. Um, I used to do it myself, but I've realised that that involves me standing places shouting at people, and I yeah. don't want to be that shouty wedding photographer. Oh my gosh, and we've all seen that person. Yeah, I don't want to be that person. Special place in photography hell for them. So I, I will um, leave it to the usher, best man, bridesmaid, whoever's been tasked with that job, um, but giving them a bit of general guidance if they're not necessarily doing it quickly enough. Yeah, great. And that and that is a if you were looking for, to give jobs out to people, I've get lots of emails from people going, I've got this friend, but she's not a bridesmaid, but she's not a blah, blah, blah. you can maybe yeah. you could be the photography assistant person. Exactly. It's a good job. So that takes about 30 minutes. Yep. Um, and then instead of doing portrait straight after that, I send off the bride and groom to enjoy the drinks reception for a oh, bit. Oh, bless. Um, so the way I work it from there is at dinner, just before dinner, uh, when they um, are starting to call their guests through, they normally allow about 15, 20 minutes to call the guests through and get everyone seated. I start portraits 10 minutes before that happens. Uh, so in real terms, the bride and groom are only away from their guests for 10 minutes. Great. Um, and then we finish our portrait session just as all of the guests have sat down and they can make their grand entrance. And that just really maximises the time they've got to enjoy their drinks reception and mingle with people. Mm. In um, episode, I think, 96, I talked about first look yes. wedding photographs. And uh, look, for people that don't, if they haven't heard that episode, we'll go back and listen, for yes. starters. But <laughs> what are your thoughts on first look wedding photography? And, well, can you just explain what they are, perhaps? Yeah, so it's kind of a big reveal that happens before the ceremony. The couple get to see each other. Um, they don't, they're they not so common over here. I've done one in 130 weddings. Wow. Um, 
Sorry. So um, I think they're a really good idea. The only thing that's kind of always a bit of a concern for me is that um, it's an American tradition, Mm. um, but American ceremonies start much later in the day. So you're doing your first look at a time when there's quite nice light. UK ceremonies start midday, one o'clock, two o'clock. Yes. It's the worst possible time of day for light for photography. Um, So I, um, there are kind of, I suppose pros and cons for it but you you have to sort of work hard to find a location that will work for photography to do it and that's important to remember about the time of day if you're getting married in the UK in the middle of winter remember it bloody gets dark at 1.30 it really does look I'd take the piss 4pm maybe 3.45 Rich and I sometimes text since moving to London if you don't if you haven't heard this show before I'm an Aussie you can hear my accent but we live in London which is why your accent sounds so lovely that's true um but one thing is getting used to that northern hemisphere sun going down and you know you know it feels like it's creeping sometimes in the real heart heat not heat icy coldness of winter yeah when it's sort of like quarter to three and you feel that dusky vibe coming so that's a big factor in wedding photography yeah, and what's winter. really strange is that couples that get married in the winter seem to have 5 o'clock or 4pm oh. ceremonies. Um, almost religiously, every sort of winter wedding I photograph, um, they think, oh yeah, we'll have a late ceremony, it'll be quite cosy. Sure. And that's fine, it will be, but obviously you can't then expect to have portraits in beautiful afternoon sunshine. Because it doesn't exist. Because it doesn't exist. You could just green screen it all. I could, but I wouldn't do that <laughs> because it's not part of the real story. <laughs> as it happened now this is the thing okay look you are listening to the save the date wedding podcast we are talking all about wedding photography there is more with bab and i after this all right i was about to lead in to a question and then i went to a little break because i thought everyone just needs a little moment because we are covering a lot of information i'm very excited about this episode Uh, my question is uh all about we were just talking a little bit about the first look now, I, I'm trying to encourage people to embrace this in the sense that if they can get some of those portraits done prior to the wedding, yeah, it gives them more time. Well, it gives you more time as a photographer, I suppose, to get the more candid shots. Yeah, absolutely. Or even do a day after session and let's oh. go off somewhere beautiful for three hours that you that's quite remote that you have to drive to to get to get there. Um, that's kind of the ideal really the the couple putting on their wedding outfits again a couple of days later and doing the portrait part of the day then it's very chinese i i I always remember that the chinese people like to come to australia this is very general but you know and london actually i've had quite a few inquiries for people that want to do their engagement photos they call them engagement photos but it's a case of putting on their wedding outfits before the actual wedding so they've got some pictures to show at the reception i mean that's quite nice isn't it it's a very different way of looking at things but sometimes you would walk down and see in the middle of melbourne you'd see people getting married but they're not getting married they're just having the photos yeah crack on yeah fine they're getting things done um i would like to ask you a little bit about the most important questions you need to ask your wedding photographer at that audition like you said it's about bouncing off each other seeing if you've got the vibe together but what should you really cover in that first interview um so i i would ask them to explain their style their approach how they run the wedding day um definitely ask to see um some of their full weddings from start to finish so you can make sure their work is consistent and then it's really boring practical things like are you insured uh what would you do if uh, you couldn't make the wedding on the day. Um, what would you do? What would I do? Well, basically, my response to that question is always, out of 130 weddings, I photographed weddings having had a bereavement the morning of a wedding oh. with chest infections, oh. 
uh, with the flu. Oh. Um, so you just get on with it, basically. But if for any reason I couldn't, I've got a really good network that I could ask, um, reach out to to try to find cover. You do, um, and I'm a part of that. Uh, there's a great Facebook group, which is Wedding yeah. Professionals in London, and that you can join if you are appropriately... I love that you guys have let me in, because I don't really have any <laughs> skills for what we're doing right now. But I do watch people, wedding photographers, saying, oh, something's, something's terrible, or they, yeah. on behalf, saying wedding photographers going oh the makeup artist broken a leg can someone please come and help so it's lovely yeah. to see that community really kick into gear yeah and go shit we need to help this person absolutely it's lovely it's a I great think it's community. because we all know how we would feel if it was us that couldn't make a re- wedding for any reason yeah. so you just do everything you can to help now let's talk about money the very british thing that we don't like to talk about but i think one of the questions that i receive quite often when it comes to wedding photography is budget and are you guys negotiable and can i just can i just add a little star to this yeah as a creative person i fucking hate people that try and bargain with me yeah for my creative output but also i think sometimes it's nice to see if you know they don't want to book you for seven hours if you're willing to come along for a shorter period of time and then perhaps go and do something else so i just needed to just make my point there i'm not saying you go and bargain with creative people because they you wouldn't bargain with your lawyer or accountant the end Uh, So basically, I think there are a couple of aspects to this. One is um, if someone can't stretch to full coverage, I do offer a shorter package. Um, My minimum coverage for a Saturday is seven hours. um, And I'm not really that flexible on that. And that's because there are only a finite number of Saturdays each year that I have to make my whole income for the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I sort of have to protect that to an extent. Um, But there is... um, it is worth bearing in mind that sometimes uh, it is not worth bartering with creative people, but if there's something that you could offer in exchange, um, there's nothing more than frustrate- frustrating than someone saying, this is my budget, can you do it for this? Mm. Um, without them thinking about what you get back. Um, mm. And for me, if it's a wedding that I know is going to be amazing for my portfolio, a really good experience... For me, um, then sometimes I will uh, reduce my rates a bit. So, for example, I'm shooting a full price wedding in November um, in London. Uh, same couples then having a second wedding day in Tobago in February. Let's go. I'm ready to visit. I've given them a bit of a discount off the Tobago wedding because I really, really want to shoot the wedding in Tobago. Great. So if you're offering, I, I know we had a similar situation. Um, Louisa, who did our wedding, hadn't shot at our venue before. Yeah. And it was a really sassy fun venue and she had said she gave us a lovely mates rate but also she said do you mind if i then submit the photographs to some wedding blogs yeah if if that's so cool. that's my other bartering point is that if you want a slightly discounted rate i need to be able to use your pictures for advertising and promotional purposes um if people are having a discounted rate i insist that they allow at least 45 minutes to an hour for portraits instead of my usual 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and if people are prepared to give me complete creative control to do whatever i like on the day and experiment and um sort of push myself creatively you're gonna get nude if if people are prepared to get completely (laughs) naked no 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 nudity i charge more for that no discounts no discounts Yeah, exactly we're gonna pay her to do more um then sometimes um i might uh reduce my price a bit so it's always well. uh, it's it's like the age old age old advice is just be honest and open and have a conversation. The worst they can say is no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you might get a no because I'm basically giving away my opportunity to chart, to, to earn income. 
Um, but sometimes people might kind of really fall in love with the idea of what you're planning and, and agree. So, yeah. Yeah. Be flexible. And Ask, open. but not be nice. Be not, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm big up for being for being open and, 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 and negotiating and, and having conversations, but you don't want to be an asshole. Just be respectful. Yes. There you go. That's what we have to say. Um, the other questions I have for you, unplugged weddings. Yes. This is a big topic lately. I have my thoughts. Okay. What are yours? Uh, my thoughts are I don't really care whether people <laughs> have an unplugged wedding or not. Um, but it's worth having an unplugged wedding for you and for the sake of your wedding photos because the main issue for me is that I'll raise my camera to take a shot and you can't see anyone's face because they're holding an iPhone in front of it. Oh my gosh, makes Um, me so angry. So this is kind of the main thing for me in terms of unplugged weddings. People with cameras don't tend to get in my way too much, um, but wouldn't it be nice if all of your friends and family were looking directly at you as you walk up the aisle instead of trying to take a photo of you as you walk up the aisle? Because you, here's the thing, you're there taking the photos. Yeah. That's your job. They can have that photo. I yeah. mean, I, I give my couples unlimited downloads of all of their pictures so they can share them with every single person that came to their wedding. Um, so there really is no need for people to take their own photos during the ceremony. Put the camera away. Just have a Live life, in the moment. Have a life experience. Yeah. I watch people at gigs and they take their recording things. And they never look at it again. And the sound's like this. <laughs> and you go, that was Coldplay. You go, no, it wasn't, you <laughs> fucking idiots. I'm sorry if I just deafened you. I'm really sorry about that. I totally, I'm totally in your corner in this. I think that it's not much to ask people. It's 15 minutes. You're not going to some, if you're going to a Greek Orthodox wedding, you're probably not allowed to use phones in there anyway. Yeah. So switch it off. But it's if it's a short ceremony service. Just be present. Enjoy yes. it. People have invited you to share this moment. Yeah, and let's have photos of your smiling, beaming faces instead of the backs of your phones. Now, and are you seeing anyone being creative in the way they ask for people just to turn them off? Uh, There are all sorts of poems that you can find online and chalkboards and things like that. Um, I've heard about people actually... Taking phones off people as they come into weddings before. Oh my God, seems quite extreme. Yeah, Um, but yeah, (laughs) I think um, just getting the celebrant to announce it at the start of the ceremony works quite well. Simple, much more. People generally ignore it anyway, but what can you do? I like to play that um, that the thing that they play at the cinema at the beginning because that always really works, doesn't it? You know that turn your cell phone off. It does, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's always do do do, and they always use the old. (laughs) No one's phone sounds like that anymore. No. Um, let's go on to, uh, don't say let's go on. That's terrible. I'm going to cut that out. Um, I'm just reading my notes. <laughs> if a wedding goes longer than expected, yeah. will you stay? What's the kosher agreement here? Again, it really varies from photographer for, to photographer, but my packages aren't set up to offer unlimited coverage. Um, I have a seven hour package. I have an eight hour package, eight to nine hour package with a second photographer, um, and then people can add on extra hours if they need them. So basically, I don't want my couples to pay for coverage that they don't need. Sure. Um, so if things run over on the day, they get an extra hour, uh, 30 minutes to an hour grace period, depending on what collection they've booked. 
Um, and if they want me to stay past that, I send them an invoice the following week. Good for you. See, that's you're not going to be asking people, as I said, you're not going to go to your accountant, you know, or lawyer or someone else. They're all booking for their hours. Yeah. You can't expect creative people. It's not, not to just do an that. hour for me either. So I have to then edit the pictures that I took during that hour. So it's two to two to three hours work. Now that's another great point that you make that wedding photography doesn't end the day that you you know upload the photos. There is a lot of work. Yes. No matter how beautiful your people may be yeah you do a lot of post pro yeah. on the old uh, that was wanky post pro a bit of post pro hashtag post pro post pro uh, we're really good with our hashtags we did last you know hashtag photo boner photo boner <laughs> uh, and now we've got post pro please explain to our lovely listeners how much work you put into an average wedding after the wedding uh, so I'll get back um, and upload the wedding. And normally I do that the night of the wedding so that I know it's backed up somewhere. Good. Um, and then um, after the wedding, I cull it. So I will take probably about 4,000 pictures over the course of eight Shut hours. Up. That's a lot. Um, it is a lot. And my couples get about 400. So 10% uh, is what I keep from that. Um, so it's kind of a case of me curating my best shots from the day. Um, and that probably takes a couple of hours Um, and then I have to edit each one Um, and then I create a highlight slideshow for the couple Um, and then I upload them all to their final gallery and then I send them instructions about how to download them and information about copyright and how to back up Um, and then if they've booked an album um, I design that as well. That's a lot of work. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes it is. (laughs) So that's what you're paying for. Yes. <laughs> Are photographers still around that still say, I own the I own the rights. If you want anything printed, you come to me? Or is that gone? Um, there are photographers that will only give prints mm. that you buy directly through them. Um, I do offer prints, but I price my collections to reflect the fact that actually my couples want all of their pictures. Sure. Um, uh, so I'm priced accordingly um, and they get them as digital downloads. They can buy prints if they want to. A lot of them still do. A lot of them then add an album on as well. So the prints, they could also just take that and send it off to some photo printing thing online yeah. and have their photos taken. I do discourage them for doing that because my prints are colour calibrated to... My editing process is colour calibrated to my printer. So they know that if they order prints through me, they'll get an accurate likeness. Right, you're not just going to Kinko's and hitting print on the bloody no. thing. No, and even if you use other prolabs, their print, if you're not calibrating specifically for their print processes, the prints won't match the editing, so... Great. So do your research and ask if that's important. Again, going back to contracts and working out agreements. Yeah. Know your rights about what you write. That sounds a bit defensive. But it know, is. Yeah, know yeah, your rights. What, what you are allowed to do with the photos, who owns them. And then if indeed someone else is the photographer's copyright, uh, you should be really checking out how much it's going to cost to print those photos. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Good point. Um, look, final thoughts. I feel like we could talk for another four and a half hours on this. <laughs> we'll do 103, 105, yes. and 109. Just keep going and going. <laughs> now, you're heading to the Americas. Yes. To do some work. Um, so I have a wedding in Tobago mid-February, um, and I'm going to a conference in California at the end of February. Um, and then starting the trip in Texas at the beginning of January, meeting some photographer friends out there. Uh, we'll probably do some shooting for fun um, and then traveling around um, through Louisiana to Florida 
um, and then heading over to California after that. Might I say, I know a lot of my listeners are US-based listeners. If you, I'm going to put this out there now, if you want a really cracking wedding photographer and you are getting married in those months, would you be willing to travel around America to shoot some? Yeah, definitely. Woo! Love that. Well, I think you need to uh, be getting in touch here, babphoto.com. Send her an email. Send and if there are any vendors that want to collaborate, I'd love to do a styled shoot while oh, I'm out there. That's a so, great. Oh, look. Especially in Texas. You Texan people, get in contact. Texas, spread the word. I will definitely post that on my social medias. I think it's a wonderful opportunity if you're still looking for a wedding photographer, one of Britain's best. She's just laughing at that. <laughs> I mean it. You just oh, bless go, you. Go and look at, you have to just go and just sit for half an hour on um, Bab's beautiful website because it's honestly, you've been featured everywhere. We've and, featured in quite a lot of places, yeah. And that's not just saying, oh, we've been featured. But, but I'm a uh, social media pimp. I'm always yeah. pimping my stuff. But, but you've got worthy product that's come out of these Thank you. beautiful weddings. So I think for me, when I look at wedding photography, you are what I want to promote in the sense of your style, your the, the candidness, but also the heart and warmth. Because really, like you say on your website, you're telling a story. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I think the most important thing of when you're finding a wedding photographer, that they can tell your story. Yeah. That's it for me. I mean, I, I see a lot of very editorial work that I think is really, really beautiful, but it's just not what speaks to me personally. Mm. Um, I think weddings are about two families coming together, two people coming together, um, the story of their life up until that point, and kind of what their life will become afterwards. It's just a marker, isn't it? it the sure wedding is. day. And I think I always say it's lovely. This podcast great talking about weddings, but it's also about going. Oh, you're having a marriage. It's a yeah, relationship. Exactly. You're going to get old and wrinkled. You're celebrating together. the start of your marriage. That's yeah. what you're doing. So. Exactly. So do it properly. Get yes. a proper photographer. Do not scrimp. <laughs> Pay the appropriate monies. Yes. I'm not saying go and spend twenty if you've got twenty thousand dollars to spend on wedding, but stick to a a good round budget. That yeah, you can they afford. say about sort of ten to fifteen percent of your wedding budget, don't they? So yeah. And that's one I think you can certainly uh, never regret because that's what you're going to be seeing for the years to come. So don't scrimp on wedding photography. Don't get fucking chair covers <laughs> or, you know, I mean, or favours. No, I keep talking about favours. I think there's so many things on Etsy I love. If you want to give favours, fine. But don't buy trinket plastic shit. Instead, yeah. you know, that no one's going to care about. You pe- see piles of favours at Thank the end you. of the night. See? Piles at she every single wedding. End. Even the alcohol bottles that people buy, people leave them behind. See, okay. so I can clean up. Oh, my God. She should get a handbag and resell them. This is a second business we're already launching here. Bab's got a whole thing going. My empire. She's like, I'm going to sell used favours. Stolen favours. <laughs> that no one wants. And Just then for the record, have... I won't steal things at anyone's yeah, wedding. True. Promise. Promise. <laughs> She's very reliable. I just want you to know. But I think excellent observation to finish this episode that yeah. if you are going, don't spend the money on funneling it into crap that no one's going to use. Yeah. Spend the extra on finding a decent wedding photographer that you really connect with and love. Agreed. Oh, I concur. That's a really long quote to put on Pinterest <laughs> and share it with your friends. All right, babphoto.com. This is where you'll find Bab if you're in America. Make sure you get in touch with her now. Book it in. <laughs> I'm going to be your new manager. Thank you. Photography manager. I know there exists somewhere. That's a bad <laughs> accent. Okay. 
anything else to add follow on you can where's your twitter you've got your twitter uh, Twitter is at Babphoto, and if you really, really want to, you can have a little look at www.snapphotofestival.com. Yes, we didn't talk about your first photo festival. Oh, I'm an idiot. It's fine. People we- can have a look. Let it be mysterious. No, just to say, it's um, the first of its kind in Europe. It's a festival with glamping, camping, uh, workshops, uh, campfires, parties, and it's aimed at wedding photographers. Uh, we've got speakers coming from all over the world, including Amazing. the US and Canada. Um, Australia good um, and then we've got some of the UK and Europe's finest wedding photographers speaking as well and it's going to be really awesome it's taking place in April next year and can I say if you're looking for a good wedding photographer that list of people that are going along and participating might be a good little research document yeah absolutely so um, under our Snapsters page you've got all of the people that are uh, part of our Snap community Ooh, see that to me already is a good place I would be searching them yeah. and checking it out bam Go along, enjoy it, photographers who are listening. I know you're out there. And uh, look, until next episode, which is 102. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. 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 Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.